Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to continue the discussion on dreams and dreaming. So please call in with a dream interpretation, or a dream you'd like interpreted, <laughs> rather. Or dream you're calling in. And, uh, and we will dream the answer, uh, or the interpretation. Dream it no, back seriously, to you. if you would like to call in uh, with a dream, and it doesn't have to be anything recently, it can be something from a long time ago as well. And there's always many, many layers of insight. You could have a million people do an interpretation and you'd get a million correct answers for your dream. And you take the ones that resonate and you just leave the ones that don't. It's okay because even if it does mean something and it's not resonating with you, it just means it's not time to hear that, that version yet, mm -hmm. but that you may at some point. But in order to dream, we must sleep. So I thought maybe talking about the importance of sleep. We do our detoxing while we're asleep. As a matter of fact, when you go to sleep, there are certain, uh, your, your brain cells actually fold in half. They become smaller. And then that gives more space for toxins and stuff to be washed out of your brain. And so we already know it detoxes our body, but this is something new that they have discovered. So if you're not getting into deep levels of sleep, you're probably not detoxing your brain which can make you muddle-headed, it can make you unclear as you go throughout your day. So mm. it's really important. We are the only species on the planet that purposefully denies ourselves sleep. You don't see a cat walking around with a cappuccino or an espresso saying, cappuccino. I gotta get up and catch that mouse tomorrow. Oh my God, there's not enough mice. I gotta get out there before mm -hmm. everybody else gets it. You don't see that. So we, it's a learned thing. And as Neville has pointed out many times, the winter is a time when we are naturally designed to sleep more. Hibernate, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so ring your, your brains sleep. out the next time you're asleep, which is actually a good idea. And uh, not sleeping long enough will literally kill you. So it's important to uh, uh, set aside time to sleep. Sleeping is um, a place where there's an enormous healing that occurs. And there's also the uh, immediate access to the astral plane. Uh, so you can fall asleep very angry with a particular individual and wake up and everything is just fine with that person. And when you meet the person, everything's just fine with them. And the reason is you two met on, astral, on the astral plane and uh, uh, hauled ashes or discussed whatever that was, etc. came to the resolve and then down here we're okay with it. And so, you know, one of the trillion powers that dreams have is conflict uh, resolution. There's many, 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 many oh, things so you can do many different with things. Um, your dreams. You can program, uh, well, there's many things you can do with dreams, and well, uh, I'd name a few, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, well, and we're going to get into that. Um, I've got some exercises for people to do and stuff like that, but oh, good. Um, the importance of sleep, I thought maybe we could discuss that for a little bit and give some sure. techniques to get into the sleep time and then get into dreaming. But if you want to call in with a dream, we're here, so yeah, please, please feel free. Yeah, please call in with a dream, which brings up a very interesting question. What, yes, what mm -hmm. dream do you remember? That's a very interesting one. What's the, um, as far back in time as you can go, what is the earliest dream you can remember, which is not a place where we normally um, catalog. Um, we don't have a reference like that. What's an early dream? Do you remember a dream from your childhood? That's another thing we don't have. Well, my have. earliest 
um, remember dream. I do have dreams as infants. I have memories of being an infant um, and things like that. But I think I was about two years old, and I had these dreams of being in this metal kitchen. And, and now that I look back, it was kind of like a spaceship. And it was a rather frightening dream because I would go into this kitchen and then sometimes the kit, it would move up or down dimensions so the doorway was unreachable sometimes um, depending on where that was and I remember waking up and crying over that so that was an early one yeah someone born in an elevator yeah <laughs> that's what they it, it, it was like yeah. an elevator of sorts yeah interesting concept and so that's been a symbolism of mine since uh, before I was ever in an elevator as a matter of fact elevators were so our our symbols and our dreams really do tell us a lot Mm -hmm. But some of the things that you can do to get to sleep, because I hear so many people say they have a very difficult time falling asleep or, or an easy time falling asleep, but a difficult time staying asleep. And um, a lot of people say they have to wake up a lot in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. Well, what they're finding is one of the things that causes that is when you are retaining water in your legs. And when you go to bed at night, even if you haven't drank, drank a lot of drunk, drank, drunken, a lot Depends of water before you go to sleep, that when you lay down, um, if, if your kidneys are a little stressed too, by laying down and your legs and your kidneys are at the same level, you can start offloading a lot of that water. So it, it really is a positive thing. So maybe one of the things you can do before you go to bed is to prop your legs up. If, if waking up um, to go to the bathroom is an issue with you and it's hard for you to go back to sleep, you may want to prop up your legs or go for a walk before you, uh, sometime, at some period before you go to bed to let the muscles work that uh, water, way, water, excess water out of your legs that may pool down there. Mm -hmm. I, I learned of that recently and I thought it was very interesting and be very useful because there is a lot we do when we go into those deeper layers of sleep. I think you had spoken a while ago about the idea of uh, parsley being something that regulates mm -hmm. the water within yeah. the body. That'd be a good and one. And if you press on your... In the white spot. My blood's okay. Uh, if you press and the uh, white spot remains for a while, indicates that the... the uh, levels of water in your body are way too high. Um, so just take parsley and make a tea out of it by putting it in hot water and letting it steep and then drink the parsley and it will regulate that. It's really quite, quite something and you, you probably want to test your legs or a meteor place on your arms that usually, um, I know, it's usually around the ankles and it stays in. You press it and it stays in and the skin doesn't rise up immediately. It takes it a little while. And we have our first hi okay. caller. What's your name, please? My, my, hello? Yes. Hi. Hi, my name is Lena. Hi, Lena. Hi, hi, I'm so excited that I found you guys. And oh, I want to tell you. you thank you for your incredible work you do for oh. all of us, for whole, oh. for everybody. Oh, that's so nice, Lena. Thank yeah. you so much. What a, what a lovely thing. Yeah, thank very you. Very kind of you to say. No, yes. it's very kind of you guys that you're sharing yourself, your thoughts, and your energy with the world. It, it's oh. incredible. You guys, better than doctors. Oh, <laughs> thank you. 
Uh, my question is uh, about dreams. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I used to dream a lot, and I used to wake up in the morning and remember it and run to the computer and read what's the meaning and everything. And uh, uh, sometimes I get happy if it would be something nice uh, that I would read, and then I get discouraged if I read something bad. And it would carry me through the day, and I'll be upset. So I figure out I might as well ignore it. It's better ignore it and let me ju- let it just be. Mm. So I, I stop remembering it. I choose not ah. to remember it. But um, then I saw a dream that I was swimming in the water, very clear water, and I was enjoying myself. And then I opened my eyes and I see a snake. And I look at her and I, and I realize that she's going to bite me. And I was thinking to myself, well, it can be good or it can be bad. And I remember waking up and just thinking, no, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. So, But something told me to go and check it. And I checked it, and it says that you're going to have a spiritual awakening. Mm. And it kind of just gives me that peace, knowing that, okay, it's right, it's happening. So my question is, what should we do to ignore dreams or actually go and check it and kind of get... Um, you know, second. Well, what a, what a really great question, too, yeah. because I think a lot of people feel that way. I always feel that a dream is giving you valuable information and it's always on your side, even if it appears to be a scary dream. Sometimes we'll have what we think of as a nightmare to change our body chemistry to heal something. Like if you get uh, worked up in the dream, it might be doing some hormonal shifts in your body that are that are actually taking care of issues that may have become something. So even the things that seem the most scary are doing us really good. Did you want to say something yeah, before we interpret our dream? Yeah, there's a very important aspect. When you were saying you would run to the computer and find out someone else's opinion on your dream, um, what we're talking about here is the idea of uh, setting up a brain that does not do superstition. Superstition mm-hmm. is where your power is languaged as outside of you. So you uh, accepted the authority of, that the computer had over your dream, which took your power from you, which upset you, which was what was going on there. Uh, if we re- when we retrain ourselves to uh, watch for this phenomenon, and it's unbelievably common when you're first looking at it, when you language something as having more power than you do, and we're taught to do this since early infancy. Uh, the police, the authority, the government, the whatever that is, there's really one and only one authority figure on this planet, and that would be you. You are the last word in everything, but it's very easily forgotten the way we've been trained to think. Mm-hmm. But once you recognize, like the athlete, uh, you won the game, yeah, well, I was wearing my lucky socks. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no such thing as luck. Uh, you decided to win the game. You so have more passion than the other, yeah. So the bottom line is trust life, and period. There can be no wrong answer, and right. it's, it just comes from trust. It, and if yes. you approach it like this in everything, there is no wrong, no right, then it's, it free you out Brilliant. of worrying about it, right? Yeah. Yes, that's and Elena, that's, that's perfect, and that's mm-hmm. exactly it. And mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I teach a course, and that's soon going to be teaching these online, about dream interpretations, and uh, I have a whole class on writing your own dictionary. Now, let mm-hmm. me explain why, when you look online, you get some really negative uh, interpretations on dreams. Because Freud, which was a brilliant <laughs> man and contributed a huge amount to our consciousness, 
as did Jung, his, his student, who later took um, his ideas and expanded upon them and, and really is kind of a basis of our metaphysical belief systems for, for the most part. Well, Freud thought of our subconscious or our unconscious mind as being this place where all of our re repressed feelings, angers, desires, sexual desires, they're all being suppressed in this room here. And sometimes they leak out in our dreams or in an alternate personality like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So his belief was that the dreams, uh, when we are asleep, that's when we talk to that part of us. The thing is, is there isn't some evil part that we've got locked away, that our dreams really aren't giving us that. Our dreams are giving this high level, high consciousness level information to us about our life and giving us keys to a lot of different things in our life. So, yeah, um, but, I think it but everybody that writes dream dictionaries, uh, or not everybody, but for a long time, it's based on Freud's more dark uh, subconscious. So that's why I stopped looking at dream dictionaries and started writing my own. Anyway, that's yeah. just, knowing the and history sometimes is very easy to And another whole concept that we, the human race, really do have to catch on to before we're going, we're, before we're going to be very advanced at all is that good and evil aren't real concepts. And no matter how evil it was, it brought good into the world and vice versa, this works this way. This whole concept of good and evil are not understood because they're understood as bipolar concepts. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's a third concept, which is the universal intelligence that's running the whole thing. Now, good and evil are the same thing mm -hmm. because they are both like yin and yang, defining. You can't have one without the other. Uh, all of these bipolar concepts we've been taught are reality and they are not. So good and evil are the same thing because they are both teachers. And when that kind of thought frees our, free up, make us free. Because yeah. that's all what it takes. It's all what it takes. It's yeah. not mm -hmm. to allow yourself be. That's mm -hmm. it. Now, when you're taught so. by evil, as soon as you can stand up again, you're very well educated. Yeah, and you when judge. you're taught by good, you barely even notice. Thank you, Mom. Uh, and as a matter of fact, thank you, Dad. Uh, I stood up and I got back in the game and mom told me I could cry as much as I wanted so long as I would eventually stop. But, you know, <laughs> so that they were both, um, they're both, so without mom, no self-esteem and without dad, no drive. So, you yeah. know, we are all made of these, but differentiating them does nothing but set us back because uh, in order to go through life, good, evil, good, evil, good, evil, you're the most judgmental person. It's just ridiculously well, absurd. you're forever in measurement. And yeah. when you're measuring, you're not happy. When you're experiencing, you are. And so once you stop measuring things and defining whether it's good or bad, you can actually see what it's saying. It's really brilliant. But one thing about your dream, since you were dreaming of clear water and in it you saw a snake, I think that was very telling too, because when we dream of water, it can mean emotion, but it can also mean consciousness, and that things are becoming more and more clear to you. And that's really the spiritual awakening, the snake that you saw, mm -hmm. that you later found out meant spiritual awakening, or that's the thing that you ran across. You could have run across many definitions, but that's the one you ran across. It's saying that really spiritual awakening just means becoming clear, becoming clear means getting rid of fears and superstitions, exactly mm -hmm. what, what you were yeah, saying the about Native that. Americans point out that the snake sheds its skin. 
And therefore transmutes, yeah, mm -hmm. transmutation, yes, transformation. Yes, and, and it's a healing symbol as well, that things and are really And you healing. guys being a part of that, I'm sure for a lot of people, because I didn't go to church and I didn't hear this to growing up, and finding you, finding a lot of people who validate that feelings of freedom and yes. without belonging to any particular church oh, gives God, you no. just incredible power and make me feel like I'm a part of this movement, and this is I think deal. we can do it. Yes, yeah. we can. Wow, yeah. what a lovely yeah. thing. Yeah. You yeah, are just magnificent. Wow. Yeah, and um, if you would have a chance, do read it. Okay, yeah, sure will. End of the show. I'll do it um, right after the duck, so please continue to watch. Yeah, I'd be most happy to. Yeah, Lena, drop us an email, and uh, we'll send you notifications. We have groups every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, yeah and one. the website. Yeah. Uh, the new website will be posted soon. Soon. Mm. Um, uh, I'm not going to say hopefully. I, that's a language code set. Um, I, at first, I thought, well, hope. I hope something happens. That means that I'm putting energy toward it. But I really get that language code now. Well, good, yeah. Um, no I, decision is I rendered. have trained myself. Now, I'm telling you, this is a lifetime of relearning when you're talking about the language. And Neville's writings, the language codes, the hidden language codes, this is stuff that was never written of prior to you writing this stuff. You Evidently. really are a groundbreaker. Uh, I know... Uh, Wayne Dyer and a bunch of other people have read your book, and a lot of people have. Good and that it this is—it's beautiful. It's—it's mm -hmm. it's really spreading. Everybody really knows it now. But hope, like oh, I hope this doesn't happen. I do feel like I'm sitting in the middle of powerlessness when yes. I say it. Yeah. And so even if it's—you don't agree with every word in the in the language codes because we all have our different associations with words, and sometimes one person's association is not going to be as powerless as a, another person's association, but if you just pick one or two words, if you have the hidden language codes, which I love to do this, just open it up, bibliomancy, where you allow whatever your eyes to fall on to fall on as a message. It's really a wonderful thing to do every day, but do that. Find one word out of the regular language codes book and work with that. Just work on that one. Even if you still say it, allow yourself to Picture how you feel when you say it. It's yeah, really yeah. a powerful, a powerful thing, and well, I've been lot. working on that yeah. hope one. Yeah. Well, hope has the evil cousin, uh, who's if, if takes a decision out of the equation. Well, I, like I find hope. if works if I'm talking about someone else's decision, when I'm talking about someone else's decision. But that's yeah. a good one. Well, but it is, it takes up so much of the brain space. I really recommend just pick one or two, work on them until that becomes habit, yeah. and then go to the next. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's it's it stops your speaking because I, I attempted to do that when we first met, and it just <laughs> I just got stumbled. My tongue got all twisted because there are so many of them, and you don't want to avoid them like there's something scary because what you resist persists. So. Um, yeah, it's better just to, to say ours. there are circumstances when every word is okay. But mm -hmm. what you're doing is working on the powerlessness that goes behind the saying of them. Well, to wake up, you know, suddenly to become conscious, to realize that you're speaking a language that absolutely uh, destroys your connection to reality, to your power, mm -hmm. to all of this. And then to, so I don't know, since I'm, and I had teachers before, Leah, that were saying, started off with the word should, etc. But And one day I thought, oh, I'll just do the whole language, like that won't be difficult. And so the first little book, and then the bigger book, and now I'm working on the one that wants us to recalibrate so that our language identifies everything as love. 
because everything is love. But the language keeps that from happening. So well, well, by I all means, love the dysfunctional language. Yeah, do, do it. Even if you just pick a few words and, and really explore what they mean. Pay attention to what you're, what you're thinking is, is the biggest thing. Yeah, what you're saying, but what are you thinking? Because that's mm -hmm. really driving your life. Well, this idea of sleep, I just had a couple other suggestions sure. for people um, that really do work. Uh, we are designed to have a daytime gradually in winter it kind of drops off like the edge of a cliff and it's day and then night all of a sudden yeah. but it gradually segues into darkness now during that process a lot of chemicals in your brain alter to get you to a place where you become tired you go to sleep you go into those deep levels of sleep where they say we're not dreaming because there's no REM, rapid eye movement, but we still are dreaming, but we're going way out. I really believe those deep levels of self is when we leave our physical body completely and we go into our spirit self and we upload the information and we download the wisdom from our life and all that. When we don't go into a deep sleep, which many people do not because of various factors, but we're not really getting out there and getting this pep talk from our higher self and this unloading of the stress that we have. So if you can simulate the natural progression of darkness, it's great. So before you go to bed, don't spend a lot of time on a computer or anything. And they have alarm clocks now that gradually bring up this light, just like sunrise and maybe sunset. But give yourself some quiet time, like maybe turn on some crystal lights or some um, Christmas lights or candlelight before you go to bed. And then if you can, sleep in complete darkness because it's in that complete darkness that the brain turns, converts serotonin to melatonin, and melatonin is what keeps you asleep. And okay, we, we have, have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, it's Victoria. How are both of you? Oh, hey, yay. Good to hear from you. What name? <laughs> we finally... <laughs> I know, we've been missing each other. Um, I just want to ask you something, and forgive me, but um, I've been working on myself pretty heavily this year, getting, as you know, Mary, how I think here, but I really think that all disease processes, everything stems from our release systems, held emotions, traumas. So I've been working on myself and getting deeper and deeper. I'm still stuck on this one issue, and I need you guys' help. Shame. I know that guilt has a purpose. It's supposed to make you go back to the situation, apologize, learn from it. And it's about things that we've done that need rectifying. But shame is about us being bad at our core. But I've been trying to think of different aspects to get to the core of it, and I'm stuck. Um, do you have any insights? And I'm, in case I get disconnected, I'm going to ask for a reading for later, but I'd like to stay on and listen to what you have to say. Okay, that's fine. Well, yeah. yeah, Stay on the yeah. line. Shame is mispronounced. It's actually pronounced sham. Okay. Sham it, me. <laughs> yeah, sham. There's nothing to be ashamed of because we incarnate in order to have experiences. Experiences are the um, road we travel to become more evolved. So whatever the sham is, it's not real. It's some other artificial belief system that's keeping you from recognizing the experience for what it really is. Now, there's none of us that haven't been, um, what is the word, uh, all those unbalanced words, the, uh, out of it, haven't been, um, you know, uh, thrown up in front of people, whatever, you know, whatever you would be ashamed of is nothing to be ashamed of. It's a total mythological and powerless way to think. Now, guilt is um, anger, 
but it doesn't stay anger for very long. Guilt is anger uh, that you don't feel that you have a right to have. So not only does guilt not stay guilt, it becomes resentment, it becomes um, uh, uh, low self-esteem, it becomes harming yourself, it becomes masochism. Whenever you see someone harming themselves, the first thing you know about that person is that they feel very guilty about something. But guilt is not in any way real. Love, very real. I mean, there's no end to love, but guilt just slams shut um, any further opportunity to function as though you are in any way worthy. And none of that is the truth. So guilt and sham are things you, we work on to recognize and dissolve. And uh, why wouldn't you forgive yourself? And after all, everything you ever did on this planet was yet a series of experiences. And the series of experiences have developed you into a far more, um, uh, God, supply, a sublime being. I mean, that's the whole well, trip here. I, I think, yeah, let's start with guilt. And yeah. thanks for this question, Victoria, because this is so powerful and it's good for everyone to know. I, what freed me from this whole thing is the bigger you become, the more you can hold things within you. And when you look at the idea of guilt and you expand the scope and look at the history, much like the dream journals like I was talking about earlier, when you know why there's such negativity uh, associated with dream symbolism, when you know why, it's like, oh, okay, I know why. I know why that card's sitting there. He said it there. It wasn't because it just appeared as such and such. It, knowledge is power. Knowledge is always power. So mm -hmm. guilt, um, and, it, and there was this special, uh, like a, a, a TV show that's on Hulu somewhere, and I can't remember the name of it, so I know of, I'm of no help there, but it was talking about the history of Christianity and how um, it was actually used originally as a way to control people with, with, they didn't have a large enough military to control people over in France or wherever this was. Yeah. So they adopted, the leader adopted Christianity because then they could have this allegiance through spirit. Now, guilt was installed in lieu of a military. So guilt is a military force that is non-physical and it exists within your head that causes you to keep your own self under military rule. Now, I think yeah, one of the well things put. you said about we need guilt to, to help us to go back and look, I, I can understand why people say that, but my view is we either do things out of guilt or we do them out of love. And before guilt was invented, and there really is a crystal clear time in our humanity where it was an invented, constructed thing, people did things out of love. And if they didn't have the love to do them, they just didn't do them. There wasn't any of this evaluation about that, that motive behind it. So I think what you're getting to and what guilt and shame are leading you to in your life is to look at the very essence of guilt and shame in your life and say, I no longer have a space to rent these two ideas to. And so you're getting bigger than a core belief you have. You're getting so large that this thing that seemed a part of reality is now morphing into non-reality. So you're getting to core level self and it's an extremely powerful place to be. And I think sometimes that last little mile right here, it seems like it takes a long time or it's, it's a lot, but it, it's, really, um, it's really a matter of 
facing the 40 days in the desert where you combat your own inner fears, which yeah. is the fear yeah. of feeling guilty or ashamed, that if that were uh, all a fictional construct, then it's like, wow, I don't have to it do it. It is all it a fictional way. construct. Yeah. yeah, we have done an well, uncountable you, number of shows on the subject of guilt. And uh, one of the early things that guilt does is remove your spine. It takes the sparkle out of your eyes. <laughs> remove your spine. <laughs> it, it takes the, um, the joy out of your life instantaneously because you cannot be joyful and guilty at the same time. Yet guilt isn't real. As you say, a military application, I see that. Guilt is you punishing you. So if you ever actually see, no, the expression love makes the world go around is absolutely correct. And the expression guilt makes the world go around is also absolutely correct. Because without this, we, without well, guilt. Well, guilt is the evil twin of love, so that's why. That's a whole lot of thinking. Yeah, okay, so I had. Um, makes the world go around. Yeah, guilt does make the world go around, but it doesn't have to. So a thousand times on this show, we've said, what happens if we remove guilt? You're going to wake up tomorrow morning and do exactly what you would love. And uh, then the world would actually work, and the world would actually work a lot better without the guilt in it, because this is um, unbelievably detrimental. Uh, there have been people that have died of guilt. Oh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I think the wor one word for it is cancer. Okay, yeah. because cancer represents the part of you you don't love, whatever went. Well, that's the way that works. I think that, yeah, there, that, there's a lot of truth in that, and there is more yeah, to it as yeah. well. But the biggest trick of guilt is, is that, um, oh, darn. <laughs> Got away. That's very guilty. Yeah, no, it's up to us to take over our lives. Oh, the biggest if, trick of, of guilt well, yeah. is that it prevents people from doing bad things. This is how yeah, guilt gets trick. its hook. Yeah. Because the trick is, if you let go of guilt, you're going to start going out and becoming a mass murderer or doing terrible things. Or at least get tattoos. No, because the people that aren't going to do terrible things will now not do terrible things out of love. The people that would do terrible things anyway aren't affected by guilt anyhow. Guilt oh, is yeah, really a well useless put. thing. Yeah. So if you do things rather, it, that's why I say give to people out of love and then the universe mm -hmm. funds you. If you give it to them out of guilt, it never does. You won't be funded, so you'll be drained. So if you would feel guilty about not being guilty, mm -hmm. you're guilty of being guilty. No, I, I'm serious. I have seen people have yeah. powerful healings by backing up, by feeling guilty about not feeling guilty. We feel guilty if we're not guilty. We think guilty, the state of guilty and it's shame so is a normal. virtue. Yeah. And true humility is knowing who you are, not mm -hmm. being better than you are, or not thinking of yourself as more than you are, but not thinking of yourself as less. It's seeing who you really are. Yeah, if the human race freed, if we freed ourselves from guilt, the potential we have is off the scale, and that is really the thing that is holding us back because uh, the entire of us are set up that way. I mean, I went to school. How'd you do? I got a, a, a B plus. <laughs> you know, no, really, seriously. Uh, well, I could never be a really good student then because I got that B plus when I was in, what was that, second grade? Who was giving a second grader a B plus? Who are these people? And by that, I meant to say fail. But at any rate, yeah, no, well, this is ridiculous, the well, amount the of little I, I words that set off guilt in us. Jeez. Well, there, there are a lot. Yeah. And I want to, I would like to clarify something. Sure. 
when we talk about guilt, because I know when I first started saying these things, I, I could see why people would think this. When we talk about guilt, there's one way of defining guilt, and that is someone took a cookie out of the cookie jar, they're guilty of doing that, yes. What we are talking about is guilt consciousness, where it's this, it, your light doesn't radiate out, it radiates in and, and implodes upon itself. It's a consciousness that somehow you're a born sinner, and I really think it comes from this idea that we are born flawed and that somehow we have to prove our worth in order to get somewhere. And maybe at a time in our evolutionary past, we could not maintain, just like children, you say if you don't clean your room, you don't get to have dessert, or, or if you don't finish your dinner. And then we grew in consciousness to a place where we didn't have to have that prod to prod us into these actions because we became conscious of why we're doing these actions. And so we don't require that anymore. Well, humanity, for the most part, I know there's still people in there, but um, for the most part, we are arising out of the need for, for that, that um, guilt consciousness to keep us confined. And even if you are a Christian and, and Christ came and said, I have died for your sins, that means stop feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. But yet people still refuse to accept the gift and set that down. Even well, of that. course, because you've carried it your whole life, you don't even know you're carrying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like okay. a scar or something. It's just there, but yeah. So free well, yourself from guilt. Just okay. do something. Like if you don't want to go home for Christmas, then don't. Oh my God, no, not that. They will haul out all possible guilt manipulation. Okay, and that's fine. Yeah, I agree mm -hmm. with me. You know that this is so. If you don't want to go, don't go. Then if you do want to go, you can go because well, you want to go, but everybody, go because everybody you're being benefits. manipulated to be... Uh, because it's done out of love then. Yes, that's my whole point. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing it out of guilt, because the reason nobody wants to go home for Christmas is guilt. Because you don't want to step into being a 12-year-old again. It's not the, it's not the um, gifts that somebody else thinks they would be cool for them, but give it to you because they think it works for them. It's not the red and green that makes you insane in the, in the room. It's not the 911 call. It's not the drunken relatives. It's the guilt involved. Just don't go till you feel like going. Everybody can just get over it. Well, this is the thing. And on this planet doesn't have a ceremony to do away with the small child. You have to tell the child, no, don't run out in the street. No, don't I'm drown saying, yourself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But there's no point at which we free the child from that. But you're an adult now. You can do Yeah, Robert Fulgham wrote of that. He said the only rite of passage really is that driver's license. And it's usually just some guy that doesn't like his job, <laughs> the driving instructor. But, well, that's true, but too. If we the look idea of freeing ourselves from guilt is alien to our thoughts. Yeah. And uh, people, it's amazing that we well, never got a call back teaching and guilt are two different things. It's, it's really that controlling people from afar that installed guilt. Yeah. But I, I would still encourage people to call in with a dream, too. Yeah, this that's very important This is very, a very thing. interesting. Well, guilt is something to take up a mantle, uh, well, to remove the mantle of guilt and take up of being who you really are because we're not guilty and that that whole thing with guilt has to do with the victim mentality that's endemic everywhere there are no victims nobody can be a victim i was shot in the head i'm not a victim i chose the experience 
It's very okay. important to get over this. Yeah. All right. Nice rant, eh? Yeah. Oh, good, okay. So All right. It's if a good someone would like to call in with a dream, otherwise well, we Well, we were talking ranting. about ways to sleep, and I, I think are ways to get to sleep and uh. to stay asleep, which I think are very valuable. And, uh, uh, and if you would like to remember your dreams or find a way to remember your dreams, and mm -hmm. we have many shows in the archives. If you go to telepathictv.com, you can go to the archive shows, and we have hundreds that are in there, and we've got shows on guilt and some on shame and everything you might want to go view those. And you can also download our show, Podcasting, which is an audio version, so you can just take us on your iPad or iPod or any of those iDevices and take us with you. Or you could listen directly from your show. Oh, the duck. Are we doing the Holy duck? Holy cow. Hmm. No, this is a false duck The duck, duck showed warning. up. It's a false duck sighting. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I thought it was interesting what you were saying about what is your very first dream. Mm. And maybe if you guys Any choose to write down, what are five of the most memorable dreams you've ever had? Because those dreams that you remember all the way from childhood have a lot to tell you about your life. And, you don't, and they didn't expire the day after you dreamed them. The fact that you can still remember them says that they still hold some things that you can unlock. What's so funny? Best if interpreted before such and such a date. Oh, yeah. Comes on the dream. At the end of the dream, there's a little tiny yeah. thing. The expiration date. Yeah, the dream. And we have our next caller. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, uh, this is Barbara. Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Oh, what can we do for you? Oh, well, I, I um, am uh, uh, very um, in tune with your, your uh, talking uh, I, I miss some miss some of your podcasts, but I tuned in about guilt and and dealing, you know, with, with uh, you know, with the fallacy of guilt and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been, you know, learning uh, learning all kinds of things. I, I was imagining that that I was that I was um, guilty, and um, I and ironically um, um, had um, had a lot of my my. Um, I, I had an infiltrator on my account, you know, systems were hacked, and mm -hmm. I, I imagined I was guilty about something and I was being punished. Oh. And, and, and I was thanking the attacker and letting him get away with things. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. then, and then this morning I woke up and I said, heck, that's not me, that's somebody else. Yes. There we oh. go. You know, all you I need to do is have people standing in a room and someone go, oh, everybody turns around and goes, oh, I'm sorry, as if they stepped on the person's foot. Yeah, yeah. We are so yeah. programmed, hair trigger, thinking everything is our fault. Well, Barbara, yeah. you said it right. Barbara, you said it right. You imagined <coughs> you were guilty. Yeah. That's it. It's not real. You imagine yeah. it. Guilt is not real. Yeah. Uh, some, some, someone else today... Um, accused me of taking something of hers, and you know whether I did that or not, I acknowledged for myself that she hurts. She has hurt. Oh, very compassionate. And and I acknowledge her hurt. I validate that mm. that that she misses something that she that 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 she imagines I took. Yes, and, and, yeah. And, very good. And and so. So I'm giving myself, and, and um, more and more every day I learn these things. Like you said, it's, a, it's like going to that core, core um, those core issues. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I'm saying that, that she hurts, and I, and I have such compassion for her. In, uh, and, uh, in 
validating her in recognizing and moving yourself out of the way to validate her by yeah. acknowledging her pain actually heals you in the equation. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the whole point. So that was very yeah. kind of her to agree to have something stolen so that you could yeah. move. Yes, yeah, see how the, all that works? And there was no victim yeah. in the whole thing anywhere. You cannot yeah. find a victim in that equation if you look at it that way. She reminded me of so much of myself. I went through a, a time when I lost something that, that I loved. And I imagined blaming someone else for it. And, and That's what we're I, taught. I, and I realized that I chose to lose that thing. Well, when we are taught that the power lies outside of us, of course, everyone else is going to, it's going to be everyone else's fault when something goes wrong yeah. if we don't have power in our own life. Victim and guilt. And we are taught that because as long as the power exists somewhere out there and we don't have it, mm -hmm. then we are controllable. And yes, we needed to, to have control when we were forming a society, when people were more barbaric. But really, people are becoming more and more conscious. And so yes. we just don't, don't have uh, to I have did, that. I did learn some other lessons, you know, when my, when my um, passwords were, were infiltrated. Um, it, gave me, it gave me time to, um, to just <laughs> sit back and meditate. You know, I, 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 yeah. I realized that I was stressing myself for nothing. And so then, I, so then when I realized that, I just take time to breathe. I got up and had a glass of water and, and uh, yeah, looked so out. Yeah, so you out, set yourself free. Enjoy, but but you know what? You're bringing, you're bringing up a good point, and this is, uh, yeah, maybe at one time uh, it was used to militarily control populations of people through guilt. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think it's a marketing technique now because <laughs> all this credit score stuff, the the That's deodorant funny. to to yeah. bleaching your teeth so that they glow in the dark and all this that you're made I guilty for smelling bad, for being ugly, for not dressing stylishly, for not having enough protection in your home or not enough auto protection. Yeah. Or look, everything on on there is telling you that. That's why yeah. we self-support the show. Um, and, and through our yeah, classes so and no um, things, we do this, and it's an all-volunteer thing because we don't have to sell you guys fear in order to be on the show. Setting you free um, from fear. This is what we came here by, to do. By, mm -hmm. by the way, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I've been listening to you for, for over two years now, ah. and I've been wanting to share your site with people, and, and um, my, my, my surroundings just have seemed too heavy and... And uh, people around me um, in, and mirroring my, my blame and, and judgment issues. Today, I was able to share your, your, um, your dot com site with two people. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah. We definitely appreciate that. And, and I've given your names, uh, then, then your Facebook addresses, and, and, and I'm helping them navigate your site. Well, thank and, you. And it, it's, a, it's such a great. Um, a time because they're in my apartment building, so now I can have friends uh, of like minds. Oh, oh that's excellent. beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. Yes. Well, thank well, you yeah, so Barbara. much, Barbara. Yeah. Um, we love your call and everything. We um, have the duck coming up. Oh, but, but boy, it was so good to hear from you. It, yeah. you. You are such a lovely human, and we're so mm -hmm. glad you're on the earth with us at this yeah. time. So thank you. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Oh, here's the duck. That was beautiful. 
Wonderful call, Barbara. Yeah, and here's our that was really wonderful. Charming and manly Michael, the duck dangler. And notice uh, Santa Duck. Handsome, heroic. <laughs> yes. Santa Duck. Oh, Santa Duck. Uh, you have great things to offer children. Explore this gift. I actually do love children. Yeah. I, I just um, come alive with kids. Your spir spiritual gifts are being revealed. Watch for clues in what shows up in your life. Ah. I shall do this. Okay. Quack. Quack. Cheese and quackers? Anyone? <laughs> okay, so I know we had um, oh, yeah. our first caller, Lena. Right. I'll do a reading for Lena real quick and then uh, Victoria. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to use the Inner Wisdom cards for Lena's reading. Excellent. Uh, first card is uh, Personal Best. I saw a movie called Personal Best back in the 80s, and it really was profound to me. That's why I named this card that. Instead of competing with each other, you compete with yourself, and you don't have to win or lose, but it's just this, this thing that you can uh, do this game with. And it, it's so much better than getting engaged with others. So, Lena, this is saying that this lifetime is really a lifetime where you're here to conquer you, not anyone else. And so just disregard other people's struggles as having anything to do with yours. You can still be compassionate, but don't get tangled up with theirs. The second card is receiving. And one of the things on that card it's showing the person do is holding their hands open to receiving. And just the act of holding your hands open brings things into your life. I always wondered why we pray like that. That seems like we're not really opening up to receive. But if you sit here like this, you'll see that it feels, you can feel energy rushing in. So it's saying that um, there is some flow coming into your life. So open your palms. And this card can um, sometimes mean cash flow. It is talking about energetic flow through your life, just like the river keeps on moving. I always wondered, the river is different every second that you look at it. Where is all this water coming from that it never stops? It, it's quite magical. And so it is with the energy through our life. And so this is a time of lots of things blowing into your life. So just keep your palms up and open and receptive. And then we'll do Victoria. And then if mm -hmm. you have anything you want to say. Okay, so... Um, and for Victoria, this is a card of inspiration. I think everything that you're experiencing now is giving you an inspiration. And the things she's painting in there are, are sacred symbols of healing. And that sometimes if we feel like we're stuck and we're not really moving, it's because we're not quite done gathering the things that are going to be really appropriate to that next step. And step number one, commitment. And that person's reaching into the mirror and their reflection is reaching out and shaking hands with themselves. And we have to commit to ourself. And shame is the thing that stands between us and committing to ourself. It really does. Shame is the lie that you don't deserve it is basically what it is and that you do. Oh, and we got two cards with the mirror on it. Interesting. So it's saying to look at this mirror in your life and, and reevaluate your early beliefs about what uh, a human's value is. And maybe it could even be early religious beliefs and that there might be some keys there for you to loosen some things. So thank you. Excellent. And uh, we have a caller. Yes. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello, caller. Say hello. Yes. yes. Hi. My name is Gina. Hi, Gina. Gina. Yes. Welcome. This is the first time I'm calling. Well, thank you for calling. Yeah, welcome. 
Uh, I uh, just wanted to ask you about a dream. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Um, my cousin actually dreamed that uh, her mother-in-law, her um, father-in-law, and her mom, who are all um, passed away, were yeah. worried about me and their dream. Ah. Now she dreamed it. Yes. Well, some I number one rule of dream interpretation is that everything in the dream is you, and then there are other rules that follow that. But I feel that that could very much represent them telling her that she's worried. They are worried about the her that you represent, rather than it specifically being you. That's what I would interpret first. Yeah. So let's say you are uh, living on your own and you work and all that. That could be talking about the part of her that's independent and um, like if she's married, maybe she feels insecure about the part of her that would go out there in the world. And so I would decipher it from there. Um, what did they say about you yeah. and your cousin growing up? What did they always say? You two are... Are you still there? Gina? Well, I've, I've been, um, I guess it's because they were, they've, they've been worried about me. So I did grow up with her together. We, we grew up together and uh, we were very close with each other. But um, my, my aunt passed away five years ago and I was very close to her at the same time. But uh -huh. I, and I have had dreams of my aunt in the, in the past year uh, also t t telling me and talking to me and telling me that she's worried about me. So well, it was interesting that my cousin also dreamed that. Well, um, I pulled a couple cards uh, just to get some insight since we're, we're down to our last uh, number of minutes now. And I pulled the card boundaries and to look deeper. And so uh, I, I don't necessarily feel, since I personally don't believe that bad things befall us, that yeah. people would come to, like, worry or, or, or you know what I'm saying. But mm -hmm. I do feel that maybe um, they come and give us information and that our inner self translates it as worry. And maybe they're saying to watch some boundaries and look deeper. Um, and about another them. colossal point there is absolutely everything that happens turns out to be on your side. Everything that happens turns out to be on your side. I repeat this, that I start a meditation every morning with that sentence. I don't, there's nothing that doesn't fit into that. It's a matter of how long till you recognize it as being on your side. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Okay, so whatever this is, so when you go back and someone says they're worried about you, say, I've got this. Yeah, and it could be a reflection of your own worry. So I, I would look into the boundary thing and just mm -hmm. see if there's any uh, boundaries, uh, boundary issues and all that. But thank yeah. you. Thank you. And maybe call back next uh, week, uh, yeah. or not next week, but the following week, and we can go further into it. Um, I think we um, have another call just before we, do. we end oh. up. Hi, caller. What's your no name, call? please? Hi, this is Denise. How are you? Denise, hey, good. good. What can we do for you? Um, I was wondering if Mary could give me a, a quick reading. Sure. Be most happy to. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And um, Gina, hang on, too, so if we have a few more minutes, we'll, we'll see if there's something else to say. The first card is joy, and the person is laying on the hill by this beautiful stream, 
looking up at the sky. And joy comes from really being in the moment. So I feel that you have this basic joy that you've had all of your life and that there might have been times in your life where people um, get very uncomfortable with happiness or joy in a person because it's a higher <laughs> vibration. It's like two tops coming. And this is saying to hold your vibration. And um, interestingly enough, the new direction, sometimes that may take you in a divergent direction and you will go off the path uh, one way and you may leave something, you know, part company with something. But that's okay because you really want to hold on to who you are and, and maybe it is time to go off in a new direction. The go deeper says that may not be the first thing that you encounter, but that um, to, to look deeper within yourself, what really would make you happy. Um, these little fish, um, if we're afraid, they look like these big sharks, but when we're not afraid, they're, they're just little little uh, fish swimming around. So I feel, mm -hmm. look deeper. And we have another call? We do. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello? Hi, what's your name, please? My name is Karen. Hi. And I'm calling for a reading. Oh. Uh, my husband passed away in July, and I was wondering if there was any message that he has for me. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Okay, so we get the mirror. I was picking up some information, and I know we in this kind of format we we kind of go pretty quick. So, I I, uh, I probably won't have time to pull all that through. But the mirror card is saying, look at the mirror in your life. Look at the things that are reflecting back to you, because it, there's always a clue. If you keep running, um, like people pulling out in front of you, that could be telling you to slow down. If you do this, whatever it is, just look for these patterns. I also feel that it might be talking about a literal mirror, interestingly enough, and then the communication that he is communicating with you. Just because, I think Deepak Chopra says, just because we hang up the phone, we know the person's still on the other side. Well, death is that way too. And instead of thinking that you're going to communicate through the phone anymore, there's just a different form of communication. So to start listening to that. And I just got this feeling, um, I got a number of impressions, but one that came by, I saw golf clubs or a golf course or a golf ball or something like that and I don't know if he liked to do, to do that or, or didn't like that but I felt that it was something said with a lot of humor as if um, he's finally getting a chance to do some things that he hadn't done before. I feel a great sense of peace around that situation and look at this, this person is standing in front of the mirror, all their clothing is laying on the ground and they're seeing who they really are, the truth, and there's an angel in the mirror. And so I feel like he wants to, um, I feel a very philosophical energy there that is saying a lot of the things that he had read or um, looked into, um, there's a lot of truth in that, and he wants to validate some things for you that maybe in the physical there had been some, not a disagreement, but he maybe. He seems to want her to be happy. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Yeah? Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, and I know Gina was uh, talking about her dream. I feel like we. Uh, yeah, but that's okay. She can call in yeah. in two weeks. And yeah, we'll, we'll and we can go into it further. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if more. you have a dream, we um, usually have a lot longer chunk of time uh, to go into that. But I, I think we shared some things that might yeah, give her some food for thought. Through. And we're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle if you'd like to join us. I pulled a card for everyone out there um, from the Chakra Affirmation deck, and it is love always feels good. And I, I felt like I wanted to, would like to share that mm -hmm. because it is a powerful thing to remember. 
we are taught that love hurts, love is painful, all these different things. But what mm -hmm. if love always felt good? And if it doesn't feel good, something's amiss. It's not love. It's some fear. And, uh, it's very beneficial to think of it that way. These are uh, prints of the oh. works that mm -hmm. I do. They're all available. Um, the uh, website will link you to a place to find these. And this is an assortment of waveform generators we didn't quite get around to doing. And this is a uh, grid pad that's designed to um, be laid out in uh, crystal stones. This is a copper grid on top of a um, seed of life diagram. There we go. And you just put stones on this. It's a little table, and you tell the whole thing. And they to can do stack. Something. Yeah, and you can stack many of them on top. I have a small skyscraper of them in the house. It's our joy and honor to take you to the door. See you next time. Thank you.